Welcome, fabulous women, to the new Fabu Show. I am tuned in, tapped in, turned on to who I really am. I am your host, the fabulous Doris Birch, founder of The Fab Factor, where we work with helping women connect spiritually, create wealth from a feminine perspective, and become highly visible so they can make a global impact to fully step into to fully step into the who they are being called to, fully tapping into the power of the feminine. I am an entrepreneur, mentor, author. I love the bling bling, thinking more fabulously bigger and doing it differently where we disrupt the status quo for women. We are rewriting the rules and we are doing it being fabulous, of course, without sacrificing our femininity, spirituality, or personal fulfillment. The biggest question is, what are you willing to give up in order to become who you are meant to be? Many women are hiding. They are not willing to make the choice to let their old selves die. They are quitting on themselves, but to create the vibrational space to step into their new fabu next level frequency in order to begin showing up in every area of their lives, in order to find the woman you wish to become, a choice needs to be made. It's actually a choice is required to be made. Ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new fab you now? It's gonna take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you, and allow me to be crystal clear here, it takes a lot of courage to release the old, to step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here is who I am. I think this way, I feel this way, I vibrate this way, I live on this sort of frequency and I show up this way, it is critical to do so if you are truly committed to having it all, a life fully by design and on your terms in order to shift the old, become the real you and finally break the pattern once and for all. Why? Well, simply, there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic permission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are even fewer women who truly, I mean, truly own and command their space. You make choices out of guilt or shame or blame. You compromise, you settle, you sacrifice, you continue to sabotage or destroy. This affects everything. Is it any wonder that you don't really let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind, act on it. How do I know all of this? Well, because I've lived it. It's the reason I think this must change and it must change now. Today's wave of spiritual women owning their power is unique, rare, and one of a kind. So what new fab you is all about is letting go of the old, the distorted, the shadow you, who you thought you had to be, to the new fab you who is fully unleashed in what she says, how she shows up, how she does business, how she does life. She knows what works for her. She backs herself unapologetically. She does it. Why? It is who she is and what she was born for. She did not come here for normal. So let me ask you if you've had enough of just playing and you're ready to actually play life the way you know it's meant to be. Well, make the decision to say goodbye to the old. It's time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. 
Stop trying to create a new you around the same old habits and stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place. You just got to say yes. Well, you don't got to, but you do if you want to change, to be who you really are meant to be. Then say yes, yes to you, yes to your soul, yes to being accountable, yes to the up level. And as I said earlier, it takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough, enough with hiding your light, enough with being less than, enough with trying to fit in, do it right, enough with saying you're different but not showing it. It's time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be new fab you. The age of the invisible woman is over. So today, my guest is the fabulous Kaylee McDonald. So let's bring her on. Kaylee McDonald, are you here? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you and I just see a faintness of you in the dark. I know. I don't know why it's doing that. Oh my gosh, you just have to love technology. You just have I know. to love it. Well, I know. for those of you, she's the most beautiful woman. She has these gorgeous, gorgeous hair that she's growing out and all that stuff. But anyway, besides that, I can see you now. It's like you're glowing in the dark. Isn't that is powerful? It's like reverse, like black and white or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like my eyes look really weird. I promise I am not a demon. I am a human. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so, so Kylie, you know, my new February moment came when I surrendered and I let go of the last remaining bits of worrying about what people thought of me or if I was making sense or whether they wanted to hear what I really wanted to say. And I really went all in on me. And the thing is, when you dig beneath your fears and uncertainties, you do know you are worthy. So what moment came for you to step into your new FabU next level? So um, my moment probably came when I basically went blind. We'll go with that. Um, <clears throat> I was celebrating my daughter's 10th birthday at a local water park type place. And I went down a water slide and all of a sudden I just felt like something was weird. And, you know, I wear contacts and I thought, oh, something's kind of a little weird. And I, um, like later that day, I thought, oh, I just need to change my contacts. I've been swimming with them in. And then I realized, no, there's my eyes are still really off. And I ultimately, you know, I am a physician, so physician heal thyself is a good thing, but not always a good thing when you think, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll just pass it off. And finally, a colleague of mine who I had reached out to said, uh, you need to get yourself to a doctor and get this checked out. And um, I ultimately diagnosed myself um, with because they were going to run all these CT scans and I just wasn't in the mood to get a CT scan. I didn't want the radiation. Um, so I said, why don't we do an MRI? Cause you know, I have a family history of MS and you know, I know optic neuritis, which is what it ultimately was, is a common presenting symptom. And they were like, okay. And sure enough, you know, I left the hospital with the diagnosis of MS and spent a week going, 
oh my gosh, why me? You know, I saw what my uncle went through. I didn't want to go through that as well. And then, it, you know, it wasn't right away, um, but it probably was within the first month. Well, actually it was within the first month. Um, another naturopath said to me at a convention that I went to, um, you know, you just don't seem yourself what's going on. And, and I said, oh, you know, I have MS. And she just stopped and looked at me and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're just going to accept that. And I said, uh, I don't really have a choice. I, you know, I have lesions, you know, I'm, my vision's off, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, well, there's a difference between having a diagnosis and accepting a diagnosis. She's like, MS, you're allowing, when you say I have something, you allow it to become you. And she said, that's not you. Like at the moment you might be having, you might be quote unquote MSing, but you're not MS. And I went, huh. And so that was really the change for me. Like I need to step into me and find my own path in this chronic disease state um, and not let it take me over and, you know, find, find a new path with it. So that was kind of the, the turning point for me was that acknowledgement of giving a diagnosis does not mean you have to not accept, but you don't have to live that diagnosis. You can live a better, healthier, more amazing life with or without any diagnosis or any, you know, anything. Yeah. You know, I love that because the power, I mean, I love the insight. It's like, you you got to be grateful when you are go somewhere and somebody who's in their power reminds you of being in your power. And she immediately was like, no, you know, you don't have to have it, you know? And I think that's amazing switch and that you allowed it to flip your switch. And so because you've allowed that to be, how has it, how has your life been? Because you are living like beyond the beyond. Yeah. You know, um, I took it upon myself. So because my uncle had MS, I've done a t prior to being diagnosed, I had done a ton of research into MS and, um, I really over the, you know, the 11 years since my diagnosis, came up with my own protocols and did my own things. But in all honesty, the biggest thing for me was I, two things. One, I have two beautiful daughters um, and I did not want them to see their mom succumbing and laying around on a couch saying, why me? Or, you know, I wanted them to see that their mom was a, a warrior and she was going to fight and she's super strong. So that was the one thing that I would never allow happen. And the second thing was, in all honesty, I started running. And, you know, my first um, year and a half of the diagnosis, I definitely wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling great. I definitely had many parties and would lay in bed and feel sad for myself. But um, all of a sudden I started running and that was like the turning point for me. And there is tons of research about running, but it just, you know, it got me out there and it introduced me to this whole new community. And I think that's the other thing is, you know, yes, they have support groups for different diagnoses or different struggles that you've gone through. But when you find a support group, that's not like a, oh, how is it affecting you? What's going on with you? But it's something that you're dri driven towards. It's all of a sudden, it's a whole new world, right? And so this running community that I found myself in in 2012, which was, um, you know, a year and a half after my diagnosis was the most amazing thing to me. And that was the first time I had ever experienced like 
random strangers just supporting each other and cheering each other on. And I thought, this is amazing. And so I kept running and I kept going to races and I kept in, enlarging that group. And, you know, over the years since 2012, you know, I've, I've in, been introduced to different communities like that. And it's like, I never, I never would have looked for that or found that if I hadn't gotten this diagnosis, you know? Yeah. You know, I think the, the powerful thing in that is, you know, it's, it's something that, I've been thinking about yesterday is reminding me of is that it's not happening to me. It's happening for me. And, you know, it allowed you to elevate. And I think irregardless of what might be diagnosed for any of us um, is what you do with that and how you turn it around. And that's what inspires me about your story is that you really allowed it to turn around. You know, like you say, you became this warrior and you wanted your daughters to see that. Um, I mean, that's so empowering. And then being around a community of people, it's that whole same community of people who are striving for this nextness and it, it just fuels you, right? Yeah, it, you know, and it's, it's good and bad. I mean, there's death. I think I'm a ghost. I'm mean, like, I'm there and then I disappear. No, you're a spirit. You are a powerful spirit. Um, it's good and bad because like in that community, you know, it's like, oh, you can do it. You can do it. But all of a sudden then you're like, well, wait a minute. If I ran, you know, a half marathon in two hours and 10 minutes, well, can I do it in 205 or she did it in 155? I got to beat her, you know? And so you're constantly, you are, you're striving to be your best. And yes, in the running world and in any world, you should only be competing against yourself and only bettering yourself. But there is that little, you know, we're still human. We still want to, you know, Ooh, she did it. I can do it. But you know, it's that thing where they're constantly pushing you, not directly. I mean, they're not saying I challenge you or I bet you can't. They're saying, um, you see what they've done and you're like, well, if they did, I want to do it. You know? So it's this, it's this, I'm not happy with where I am right now. I'm going to keep pushing myself. Well, you know, it's, it's that whole thing um, that I say, and it can just be transferred in anything. It's just like, once you decide to give yourself unapologetic permission, you give other people unapologetic permission. And so like everybody who keeps striving and reaching these next goals, it gives you that, you know, invisible or power, unapologetic permission to be like, oh, let me try to see if I can achieve that for myself. And at the same time, you're just increasing your warriorness and your power of being all that you really are here to be. And that's what's inspiring. I mean, that's inspiring. Yeah. You know, I, um, in my running world, I became, um, I met and worked with Jeff Galloway, who's an ex-Olympian, amazing man. If anybody doesn't know him, should look up Galloway and the Galloway Method. But um, I, my first running event I went to, um, I heard a lecture from him and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. He does a run-walk method. So he doesn't run. He does you know, run for a certain period of time, walk, and repeats it through whatever distance you're doing. And through that, I became a trainer for a local running store in the Galloway Method and, you know, helped people finish half marathons. And then my family. So, you know, my two daughters, when they both turned 14, um, we happen to be a Disney family. Um, 
I said, would you guys like to go run a Disney marathon, a half marathon with me? And they both agreed. And, you know, through that method, I was able to get them to run and, you know, subsequently other friends, you know, my husband, my mom, but, you know, even this was my journey, but then I was able to teach others and show them that because I hear all the time from patients like, oh, I could never run. And I'm like, you know what? Anybody can run. Anybody can do anything if they have the right tools and the right mindset, you know, this thing up here is this amazing, you know, our minds is amazing, but it can also stop you in your tracks. You know, if you let it, if, you know, if you let it tell you that you can't, you're not going to, you know, I mean, it's, you've got to constantly be telling yourself that you can and you will. And, you know, and that'll happen. Yes. Oh my gosh. You are like, that's my juice. I love it because it is this mind, this power force that we have in between our ears. It will, it can take you all kind of ways if you allow it and allow it to go in the opposite direction where you're not really being, you were brought here to be, then that's exactly what you'll experience. And if you believe the opposite, I mean, even this morning, I just had the most profound download. I was in my meditation and I was having, um, I was stuck on something I was trying to figure out and it literally came to me. I mean, the whole scenario just came. This is like, okay, Doris, this is what you need to do. Go do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you, because I allow myself to tap into the power um, within me to get that nextness that I need that I was like so stumped on. I mean, our minds and our brains and our unconscious and subconscious mind can be powerful tools for us to do anything we want to do. It really is true. I, I so love you saying that. Yeah, and I think it's something that, um, you know, we don't think to exercise it, right? we just, you know, when we think of exercise, we think of, oh, I got to get up and go to the gym or go run or lift weights or whatever. But um, even in somebody, and you may or may not go through this, I know I do, where I'm like driven and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm working on personal development and then I'll hit a rut or something will happen or, you know, I'll go through a rough time and it all goes away. And I just go back to, Oh, why me? And then it's, I, it takes something dramatic um, to like smack me in the face kind of for me to go, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I got to get back to working on myself, driving myself, learning something new. You know, my big thing. Um, and for um, the, the women's group that we're both a part of, you know, I was a speaker coordinator for a little while. And my biggest thing with finding speakers was I wanted everybody to leave a meeting with one nugget because, you know, it's somebody as a physician, I've got to go to continuing education classes. And sometimes they're really boring and I don't learn anything new. If I can come away with one little thing that's like, oh, I never thought of that, you know, and then you take that and you grow on that. But you've got to always be working on your mind and your own personal development and, you know, working to move yourself forward. Oh yeah, you do. You know, now it's, it really is. It's part of my daily requirement. I mean, even when I have to push through uh, on some days because I may be going through um, something and it just, you know, you, you get a little hard and those are the moments I really push through. But now it's an absolute requirement every day. I was like, no matter what, that I have to do the mental work. I have to do the mindset work. I have to do the frequency and vibration work. I have to. Otherwise, I would just not make it. 
<laughs> yeah. I would make well, and it's, you know, like I said, when I first got the diagnosis, I, I'm not going to lie. I spent three weeks in bed. You know, I closed my, I didn't close my practice, but I canceled patients and I literally sat there and my family would come in and check on me. I wouldn't let any friends come over. I was like, no, I'm just gonna. And then, you know, it took me, well, I think I had to go to a conference. I had a CE conference that I had to attend. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll leave the house. And that's where things changed. But if you're not willing to work on yourself, you could just find yourself sitting in bed every single day, you know, get up, go to work, do the things you have to do, and then go back to go back to your, you know, comfort spot. And, you know, everybody always says anybody in the personal development world, like when you are comfortable, you're not going to grow, you know, growth happens in a state of uncomfortableness, or where you're terrified, like if you're terrified, every like any coach I've ever worked with or talked with has always said, Oh, that means you're ready to for a big growth or a big improvement. You know, when we stay comfortable, we stay where we are. Yeah, it is true. It is. Um, you know, it's comfortable just as what I call is like, you just staying in normal. And when you know you weren't born for normal, when you know that you have something bigger um, to contribute, you have to um, not even have, it's a requirement that you really do allow yourself to, to get through those places and grow and expand in spite of, you know, the resistance that might come along. Um, and yeah, every time you do have a big fear, it is a big growth opportunity. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, and I remember putting the post a couple weeks ago, cause I was like, you know, the, the enemy, um, the energy of waiting is fear. And, you know, when people, when you, and, and that was so powerful to me, cause I was um, waving on something. Uh, and I was like, okay, let me just commit and just let me do with this thing that I need to do too. And it was like, even I get caught up in things that I actually work with people on all the time and still is like, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what is um, one of the next big things you are expanding into? Um, I am in a, I'm in a point of, and We've talked a little bit, but I'm in a point of I've got too many things going on and I need to focus in and do things. But I do think the next big thing that I want to work on and I'll be working on it with you, Miss Doris, is um, a chapter in a book kind of starting to explain my story. I can say when I once I got out of the funk, I thought, oh, I need to write a book about this and like my experience as a mom to two young daughters, et cetera. And I started it in 2011. Uh huh. It's on a it's on a pink laptop that I think was my I think I've gone through five other laptops since then, but I still have that pink laptop because that's where my book is, right? And I have like half of it written and every now and then I'll pull it out and charge it up and do it, you know, read it and go, "Oh, this isn't what my story is anymore." And I think that's been my problem is like I would love to get my story out there. I would love to be able to help people. Um, but my story is constantly changing and I don't even know what story it is that I need to tell people other than just, you know, live your best life and work on yourself constantly. And no matter what curveballs you get thrown, you can find a path through it. It might not be the, the dream that you originally had. It might not be the path that you wanted, but you will get there. Oh my gosh. And, and it might even be, 
it, it not even might be, it really will be more than you can imagine. Oh, it was, I put it on my Facebook page. It was a message from Tut the other day. And I just pasted the whole thing so I can scroll through sometime or maybe see it um, to remember. But it was, it was referencing that you just said. It was like, you'll be sitting around it's like you'll be sitting around with some friends at this um you know you're by a fire maybe and and i when i saw that i envisioned this um not so much of a cabin but like um i don't know i can't even it's like i have this vision inside of me of like going to colorado in a ski resort and not that i'm a skier i just want to go and sit by a fireplace in there and have some hot chocolate and you're like you'd be sitting there with all your friends and you're going to be talking about you know the journey and when it was always there for you 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 know you could talk about it because you stepped into it but it, it basically was like the message was like it's already here just let it just appear it was something like that i can't remember but it's just it's Oh, it's just powerful. I just love who we can be when we decide to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, the world's your oyster. You can, you know, you can look at any different saying and realize there's truth behind all of it, you know, and <clears throat> you just have to decide when you want to take that jump. And it's just, like I said, it's a scary jump. And a lot of people would rather stay in a comfort zone than, than take that jump. But when you're ready to take that jump, you know, you'll find this new community, these new people around you, these new amazing people, women and men who are there to support you and be there for you and realize that you're not the only one that thought that way. Like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, there are other people who think this way. And, you know, even those people who think positive and, you know, you even said it earlier, you know, like we all have down days. We all have days where we want to go and crawl in bed and pull that weighted blanket over our head and curl up and say, I'm done. Or, you know, you know, just like veg on some Netflix series and do nothing, right? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I mean, you have to. And that's why I even tell people because people get misconstrued by my whole thing of being fabulous, which has a whole process in itself. And it's like, I'm always the fabulous Doris Birch in, even when I'm going through something. That going through something doesn't deflect that I'm the founder's birth. I'm just going through something and I will get out of it because uh, I have to. But yeah, it's so true. And people are always so surprised. Like, oh, like, how could I be? A, I like, I wish I could avoid going through some of the crap I've gone through. And I'm going through something even right now with something that's not even something, something I thought I was doing really great. And in a, a, a came in with this and it's like some and it, so I'm like that's why I'm like things are happening for me not to me because I don't know why I'm in this curveball I didn't this is not my own creation it's because of another human person you know is creating it and I don't know why but yeah we all go through our stuff yeah life is not easy at all and when you're a mom and your kids get curveballs, whoo, that throws me off more than anything. Or, you know, your your family gets a curveball. You know, so, I mean, it's not even just our lives. It's our lives right. and, our immediate, you know, those people around us. And then all of a sudden you've got to be there for them. And, you know, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. It's been enjoyable. Um, it's been a struggle. 
you know, but the things that I've learned and the person that I am now versus who I was 15 years ago, not that I was a bad person 15 years ago, but I just, I like myself so much more now because I can see the positive. I can, you know, I mean, I can see the impact that I have on others and, you know, <clears throat> you can't see it cause I'm a ghost in this world, <laughs> but you know, behind me, I have a bunch of my medals from all my races and, you know, patients come in and they're like, Whoa, what's that? And I said, Oh, it keeps me out of trouble. But you know, that's what motivates me. And you said in your intro that you like the shiny blingy things. And, you know, originally my husband was like, Oh, well, that's gotta be a lot cheaper than buying you diamonds. Um, <laughs> But what we didn't realize is all the money that goes into the training and the shoes and the, like I said, I'm a Disney addict. I do a lot of run Disney races. So, I'm, you know, those little shiny things behind me, they're not necessarily cheaper than diamonds, but they definitely keep me healthier than diamonds. Yeah, that's your, I mean, that's your bling bling and everybody's bling bling has, has, it does require some, um, expense to it. And the thing I love before you go, I want you to share the one story that I just love when we talk. Um, so hopefully I can remember just to set it up. You and your husband were somewhere, Hawaii, I think Hawaii, and you, y'all were biking and yeah. there was a hill. And I want you to share that because that story means so much to me because I keep thinking I would still be there if that was me um, and I'd just be there. I don't know how I would have got down. <laughs> so we were in Maui um, in the fall and <clears throat> when we travel, we always try and find something fun to do. Um, and this time, one of his dreams has been to bike Haleakala, the Mount, Mount Haleakala at sunrise, right? So, and I was like, okay, not really sure, honey, if that's what you want to do, I'll do it. Not really knowing anything about it. But then all of a sudden it like started to dawn on me, like, wait a minute, we're going up this volcano. We're going to watch the sunrise at the top, which was the most amazing thing. There was a local um, uh, park ranger there who was chanting in Hawaiian as the sun was coming up. I mean, it was just, you know, it's super crowded. Everybody goes up there. And then we drive down a little bit, get a little bit more education on the mountain. And then they strap up, you know, we get on these mountain bikes helmets, full gear, and it's cold. You know, Maui at the top, it was like 20 wind. And I'm just looking down and I know I have, I'm not gonna know the right amount, but we'll